0: Today on In Awe by Bruce, we have a special guest, Ms. H.H. H. Leonards. She's an author and the founder of the O Museum in the Mansion in Washington, D.C., where business associates lived with her at no cost as part of the Artist and Heroes in Residence program. Of those heroes, one of them was Rosa Parks, the woman who sparked the civil rights movement in Montgomery, Alabama, by not giving up her seat on the bus. H knew Rosa intimately, and has written a book about her called Rosa Parks, Beyond the Bus, Life, Lessons, and Leadership. Where she goes gives us a look into Rosa's personal life, beliefs, and wisdoms that affected so many people. And so H, just like to welcome you to In Awe by Bruce.
1: Thank you. I'm in awe of you, so I appreciate that. Trinity.
0: Thank you very much. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you founded the museum and the Heroes in Resonance program.
1: I came from Indiana to help my country. I tried first to join the Marines. It was the first year women were allowed in the military. And I went down to my recruiting office in Indiana, and I kept on losing my paperwork three times. So I told my best friend in high school I was coming to Washington to help my country. When I got here, I didn't find anyone that wanted to help anyone but themselves. I was Mm -hmm. very disillusioned. So I think through God's visions, took the mantle I created a space where there was art and history and objects that you could touch and feel and remember who you were and go out and face the world again. So that's how the genesis of it happened. But I had no money, no business background, no art background, no design background. I bought the house with credit card cash advances, and was lucky when they first came out. In 1980, they were not linked together, so they did uh-huh. not know I had applied for 68 different credit cards. Uh-huh. I was accepted and got between $250, and I think the most I, I got was $2,500 from uh, the credit cards. It was when interest rate was 21%, but mm-hmm. when you don't have anything, why have fear? You need to go for your dreams. And I am an example of what you can do if you're in this country. If you want to do it, you have no barriers. You have to be eight, wanting to work eight days a week, 17 hours a day. You must have a firm mission and vision. Mm-hmm. But when you do, it will happen for you.
0: Wow. that That is great. Thank you for being that courageous and such a good example.
1: But also, I was not a smart student. So anyone can do this. You don't have to. <laughs> I think I was... Uh, in my high school class at West Lafayette, I think I was the second to the last in grades. Mm-hmm. But I had the second to the biggest head. So <laughs> it was hard getting a commencement hat.
0: <laughs> but you have the passion and desire, and that that counts for a ton. Take us then forward into Rosa Parks and, and how you got to know her.
1: From the very beginning when I moved in, I had no furniture I slept on the floor, I had records and books, but we started immediately with a artist and heroes in residence program. So um, we gave free housing to people with privacy, so no one knew they were here. And when she was seriously assaulted in her home at the age of 81 in Detroit, Michigan, her team started looking for a place that when she got out of the hospital, she could go where there was no cost because she had no money. And they had heard about us and they gave me a call. I did not know the gentle man that was calling me. His name was Brother Willis Edwards. Mm-hmm. He was head of the NAACP in Beverly Hills. He was an extraordinary man mm-hmm. um, and he made everything happen. And when she got out of the hospital weeks later, He got a free flight for her here with her team, and that's how it started. But when she – I mentioned that I was not a very good student. Yeah. I will give you an example. I did not know who she was for three years because I wasn't a good student. But it turned out to be a positive because if I had known, I would have been afraid of her. I would have felt she was too important. I shouldn't interrupt what was going on in her life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we connected from the heart not from history, and became very close friends. So it turned out to be a huge blessing. I don't think she would have stayed as long as she did if I had treated her like a famous person or constantly asked her questions about history or her her involvement in the civil rights. Mm -hmm. She was such a deep person of faith. Those are the kinds of conversations that we had and, and really how I learned to lead my life through her.
0: As you talk about her being a deep person of faith, what affected you most about that? I mean, what were the things that struck you in those times where you really didn't know who she was, but yet you saw her personality?
1: You could feel her if you just held her hand. Mm-hmm. She led a exemplary life. She frequently said that she didn't want anyone to use her past against her mission and her vision. Mm-hmm. She... Regularly went to church. If she was too ill, a pastor would come to the house. She was a deacon in her church, but she also believed that everyone should be allowed in every church, synagogue, and mosque, so that anytime she did go to church, she brought people of different faiths and different color with her to, to church, which is a very important lesson. Mm. Um, include everybody. When you start to discriminate, you miss out on the human race. Mhm. So those are the lessons, the deep lessons of faith that some of the lessons that she taught me.
0: Now, the people that were around her, did they treat her this the same way or did they treat her more like a celebrity and
1: her close entourage were her protectors, her close friends mm-hmm. and didn't treat her like a celebrity. Because oh, okay. It, they were long-term friends. They knew her throughout thick and thin. And she had a tough life her entire life. It was not easy. You have this incredibly famous woman that had no money, any money she got. She gave away to those less fortunate and to her institute to help inner city children. She wasn't always treated gracefully.
0: Hmm. But by the way it sounds and by who she seems to have been, what was her response to those? It seemed like she was probably very gracious.
1: Very gracious. And she said, I can't change who they are. There's nothing I can do, but I can shake their hand so they don't fear me. I can be kind to them. I can forgive them everything as long as I forgive myself in the morning. But I won't forget. And um, she never forgot anything. But she wow. did. Those are part of the lessons she taught. It was so important for her health and her uh, spirituality and mm-hmm. for her. and she always smiled no matter what was said to her or how she was treated she was gracious
0: i mean i think that's a lesson for all of us right there just smiling back instead of scowling or showing upset i i'm going to take that with me right now <laughs> <laughs> So, H, um, anything else that you saw, how she motivated people? Because right now you've given us a fair amount, so maybe there isn't another. But is there anything else you saw?
1: Yes. She was physically assaulted three times in her life. Wow. Each time she withdrew from public eye so that Mm. she could heal physically and spiritually. And then she would come out stronger than ever. To help people less fortunate. So in the 1930s, people don't know this, but she documented rape victims in Alabama, both men and women. Wow. Which is an extraordinary act of fearlessness. But she also did it to heal herself. Yeah. That was one of the keys she taught me in life. The last time where she was assaulted... She withdrew at the O Museum in the Mansion from the public eye. She did not want anyone to know she was staying with us. Mm. And when she was ready, she became stronger than she had ever been, And she had a focus of of meeting with as many soldiers as possible because she said she didn't understand PTSD when her brother came back from World War II. She wished she had and she wanted to give him the gift and herself the gift and and give soldiers that she met with the gift of, of how she survived emotionally, Wow, which is withdraw, regroup, help those who are less fortunate than you are. And she used her experiences as an example with them privately.
0: I think that's one of those things right there, H, when you that's hard to think about when something's happened to you to think about giving to somebody else, we we think, Oh God, I can't do that. But yet I think that example shows us that as you give from yourself, you actually gain. You actually do get stronger because you're not just thinking about yourself, you're as she said, thinking about the human race.
1: Right. Right.
0: Wow. That is that is really beautiful. Did In her last years, as she looked at what was going on around her in our country, any thoughts that she had or anything she saw or felt?
1: Until I wrote this book, I didn't fully understand what she was telling me. Mm-hmm. And I was writing this book while things have been happening over the last six years. So it really came to I came to an understanding that I wish I had understood sooner, but she kept on saying over and over again to me, the laws have changed. But if we don't stop hiding behind the laws and work on the people that don't believe the way we do, the laws will roll back. Mm. She spent her entire life talking about love is all that matters, meeting as many people as possible, even if it meant two people, whether they were white supremacists or whatever they were against the environment which she fought so much for. She said, if they shake my hand or listen to me speak or just are in the room with me, maybe they won't fear me because so Mm. much hate comes from fear. Yeah. And I didn't understand that until now when our laws are rolling back. makes my going out and talking with you and meeting people is so important because all of us need to come together and change people's hearts, give them hope, give them love. Because when you get right down to it, love is all that matters. Mm -hmm. It's not about possessions. It's not about fame.
0: So true. Any other life lessons that you have for us from her or or things you want to say to everybody before we go?
1: Uh, keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Measure your words with grace. Those are some pretty big things. And also be open to say the words yes, because that's part of creativity and giving. And when you say yes, you open the door to all sorts of possibilities.
0: Mm, I like that. Very good. Well... What's the best way for people to find out more about the book and more about you and what your museum is like in the Heroes of Residence?
1: You can go to omuseum.org. You'll see a section devoted to Mrs. Parks and how you can order the book. You can go to Amazon and order the book. You can go to rhboyd.com and order the book. And they are an incredible publisher. Mm -hmm. They've been in existence out of Nashville. They're the oldest African-American publisher in the country. They've been around for 125 years. And Dr. LaDonna Boyd is now running the publishing company, and she's the youngest woman. And I believe the only African-American woman that is running a publishing house. So go look at them. It's rhboyd.com.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing this with us, but thank you for sharing Rose's story with us from your point of view and everything that you've heard from her and you got to see. God bless your mission there because... If anybody has a chance, please go online and look look at what H has done with this, because I'm looking at the uh, museum. I've looked through things on the museum, and it's just absolutely beautiful, and what a great mission you have, and thank you for having the tenacity to, to go after that.
1: I'm honored to be talking to you, so thank you, Bruce.
0: Okay. God bless you, and we'll hopefully talk to you soon.
1: Bless you. Thank you.